are you promoting Satan worship? And when I didn't want to deliver it, Marcy said, maybe it's because you are. <laughs> and maybe you, when you hear what, I'm, what that means in just a minute. And so uh, it punched me right between the gut. And I said, well, then I'll, you're right. And so uh, I'll, I'll be quiet and do what the Lord wants. So uh, it, it, Genesis 3, we'll get to the PowerPoint in a minute, but uh, you'll know where we're heading. And, and, and I would dare to say the altar ought to be full. It ought to be every one of you when you listen to this, because then you might be offended by that, but it's me included. Are you promoting Satan worship? And I would dare to say everybody in this room and everybody in our society has been doing it, and it's time to stop. It's time to stop. And, and I'm going to show you this lie that has come into our society. It's come into our homes. It's come into our education system. It's come into our child rearing. It's come into everything. And, uh, and it was sown in the garden, and, and, and it, was, it, was, it has not stopped. It has gone down through uh, history and through time. Uh, Genesis 3, 1 through 6, we'll start there. That's a good place to start because that's the fall of man. It really goes back before that in Isaiah, and we'll go back there in just a moment, and uh, we'll see this. But listen to what, what the Bible says here. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field he had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So he, so he got, got her to doubt God, right? Just throw a little doubt in there. Doubt God's word. Doubt God's promises. Doubt what he said. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, which she added a little bit to Scripture, lest you die, uh, because he didn't say touch it, but, but I guess if you get that far to touching it, you're probably going to put it in your mouth. Then the serpent said to the woman, he lies. Not only does he get her to doubt, but now he lies to her. And he says, you will not surely die, for God, then he puffs her up with pride and self. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open. And you'll be like God. Worship yourself. Self, self, self. Self-esteem, self-respect, self-worth. We, we hear that a lot, don't we? I'm going to show you where out, out of the pit of hell where it comes from. I'm going to show you where the root of it all lies. And we've fed that to our children. We've fed that to ourselves. We've fed that in our institutions. And we wonder why the world is in the shape it's in. When you find out who it comes from, what father it comes from, the father of lies. And Galatians 6 and 8 says this, Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to the flesh or self or sin nature will from the flesh reap destruction. And then turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Timothy 3 because that's where we're going to head today. And the question that we're going to ask is, are you promoting Satan worship? Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, God, for these moms here today. And Lord, we thank you for the Word of God that we're still able to preach in these pulpits, God. And Lord, we want truth to come forth because it's only the truth that will set you free. And so, Father, just speak to our hearts today. Dethrone self, God. And take us back to what truly brings life. Let us start sowing to the Spirit. 
so that we can reap eternal life, God. Let us find out where true value lies. It doesn't lie in building up ourself and feeding us more self. And we can see that's not working in our modern day psychology. It's not working anywhere because it's not from you, God. And we're going to find that in your word. And even the churches have bought into it, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 91 to 99% of the world does not even believe in Satan, or they say they don't. 65% of the so-called Christians in churches are the only ones that claim to be believing. That's hard to believe you would go to church and you don't believe in, in Satan. The Bible tells us all about him. It tells us he is scheming. He's out everywhere scheming against you and me. It tells us uh, 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 what, what's going on. It tells us that we need to stay on guard and be wise and be careful. And You want to talk about foundations? Know your enemy. If you go into the battle and you go fight in Iraq, you, don't, you, you study the enemy. So that you know what you're going into. And God has given us story after story and chapter after chapter and verse after verse about our enemy who's roaring around like a uh, uh, seeking and roaring around uh, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour you. He wants to devour your children. He wants to devour your marriages. He wants to devour your homes. He wants to devour your education. He wants to devour everything. And the Bible tells us that. And how how did we get to the place now in the world where we are? Because I think you would agree with me, the world's in pretty rough shape. we got lots of destruction going on in the world. We have sown to the flesh, and now we're reaping a lot of destruction, as the Bible promised us would begin to be happening. The Bible tells us that what the, what the days would be like in the last days. It tells us specifically uh, how we can know if we are in those days. And I believe we're going to find out when we look at the test in a few minutes that we are there. We're not kind of there, we're there. And, and so uh, uh, we, we don't have to doubt what, what's going on here. We can know exactly what's going on. So the question again is, are we promoting Satanism and what, and, and what they believe? Are we promoting this? And, and, and what are the signs of that? What are the beliefs uh, of, of Satanism? Uh, and, and I believe you're going to see that God warned us that what we're seeing is, is today is absolutely a sign of that and a sign that we are living in the last days. Now 2 Timothy 3 says this. It's a, and the question again, are we really pointing people to Satanism and what the Satanists believe? Look at verse 1. But mark this. There are going to be great times in the last days. Is that what it says? But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. Now, why are there going to be terrible times in the last days? How does this happen? What is going on to cause this to happen? Ta-da! Next, ta-da! People will be lovers of themselves. Self-esteem, self-worth. If you just had enough self-esteem... If we just had more self, we would fix self. If you just knew your worth, your self-worth, we could help you. If you just had self-respect. Self, 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 self. 
And he says, but mark this, in the last days there will be terrible times. Why? Because people will be lovers of self. Do you want to know what the number one law of Satanism is? Love yourself. Go, go, go to the, they'll love themselves to be lovers of money. Because when you love yourself, you become lovers of money. You become boastful. You become proud. You become abusive. You become disobedient to your parents. You become ungrateful. You become unholy. Why? Because you love you. Go ahead. Without love, unforgiving, you don't know what they did to me. I won't forgive them for nothing. Slanderous without self-control. You know why? Because self has control. Brutal, not lovers of good. Go ahead. Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure. If it feels good, do it. You do you. You do you, girl. You do you. It's all about you. Girl, I wouldn't listen to him. You dump him. I, I wouldn't go there. You tell them to hit it. Lovers of pleasure rather than who? Lovers of God. You want to know how you know you're in the last days? When people love themselves and a society teaches you to love yourself you can know you've arrived in the last days God says self 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 look at what I, look at look, having a form of godliness but denying the power of thereof look we'd have to wipe out the church have nothing to do with these people you'd have to wipe out the pulpits Look at what I, does the next one have the first law of Satanism? No, back up. Do you have the one, the, the law of Satanism? Yeah, there's a good guy, Alistair Crowley. You may know another guy who came after him, Anton LaVey. Wrote the Satanic Bible. Here is what? Their first command. You know, we have a first command as well that sums up all the other ones. It's not this. This is what sums up the whole law of Satan. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Sounds like the world today. Do what you will sums up the entirety of Satanism. Pleasure madness. Do what you want to do. You ain't hurting nobody. Right? They love themselves and then they become lovers of all these other things without self-control rather than lovers of God. That's how we know we are in the last days. The first fatal step to going into the last days, the first fatal step to falling is fall in love with yourself. Self-promote yourself. Look after you. Put yourself in first place. Right? What's causing the wicked behavior? Folks, it's the law of Satanism. Read their own stuff. 
You're following Satan. You're promoting Satan. You're worshiping Satan. He loves it. He loves it. He loves it. Did God really say? Enjoy. He didn't know what he's talking about. It's about you, girl. He wants you to be happy. And so, so, so where did this come from? Where did this self-love, self-esteem, worship all, self-worship begin? Well, let's look at it. Isaiah 14, 12. Here, here's where it came from. Look at this. How have you fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn? You have been cast down to the earth. You who once said, low the nations, laid low the nations. You said in your heart, and these are the five I wills of Satan, if you want to know what they are. I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mountain of the assembly, on the utmost heights of the mountain of Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds and I will make myself most like God. I am great. I am wonderful. It's about me and my happiness. It's all about me being happy. Isn't that what it's about? Aren't we all supposed to just be happy today? I. And it's the promotion of self and it comes from Satanism and it comes from Satan himself. And it's the first fatal step to destruction is promoting you. Satan had an eye problem. And he wanted to be first. I want to be like God. I want to exalt my will above the will of God. I want to be the epitome. That's the epitome of self-love. I want to exalt myself, my will, above your will, above God's will, above every will. And, 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 and sin, self comes first and it takes priority over everything. Not just the birthplace of sin. Is it, it, do we see this? But, the, but, it, but it caused the fall of Satan. If you promote uh, that as scripture, then your society, the Bible says, is going to go down the tubes. And that's what we're promoting in this world today. It's all over your TV. You can have it because why? You deserve it. It's about you. You make you happy. It's about you and you and you and you. You buy it because it's about you. You ruin your credit because it's about you. You wreck your marriage because it's about you. Right? And you all look mad at me right now. But it's the truth of God's word. Amen? I want out of it. I want Brad Lindsay out of it. I'm, I'm cutting off the Satan worship in my I, I want out of it, right? I want out of the self-life because, because it leads to destruction. It leads our families to destruction. It leads our society to absolute insanity like we're living in today. And, 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 and what we do is say promoting more self will fix the ills of society when in reality it does the opposite. It destroys it according to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Because every time you sin, you're actually saying, I know better than you, God. I know better than you. I'm smarter than you. I know. J. Vernon McGee said this about the five wills. He said he was setting his, his will against, talking about Lucifer, he was setting his will against the will of God. And this is sin in embryo. It began by a creature setting his will against the will of God. Overweening pride. 
pride. He wanted to be God. He wanted to put His will above the will of God. And that is what we are feeding people today. It's all about you. Whatever you want to do and love you and esteem you. And the Scripture says you live like that, you're going to have terrible, terrible times. We got to stop this, folks. If you want to have a reverse of this thing, quit blaming Washington and start living for God and not for self. Amen? Because Satan knows this. He says, Be like me, live in my image. And we bought it, we promote it, and it's why our world is going down the tubes. I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the throne of God. I will sit a throne in the mount of the assembly. I will sit a, ascend to the tops of the cloud. I will make myself like God. I will do whatever I've got to do to please me, no matter what, because I come first. And that came from Satan, and it is so destructive that it's absolutely insane. And, and worse than that, we as a society are promoting it and we wonder why the world's like a giant toilet bowl or it's in our education it's in our media it's in our kids books it's everywhere love yourself at all costs including if it means ignoring sinful behavior refraining from discipline blaming others and avoiding responsibility for your own behavior preach brother Preach, Brad! My wife said, don't not preach this because of yourself, Brad. Preach what God told you. So I say, I'm preaching, Lord. Now, destructive behavior led to an unbelievable evil. And I'll give you some examples. These are not my examples. I got them from somewhere else, but... They're true because I read them in the newspaper every day. Parents in a certain place in, 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 not, in another state taking their son's school to court because he was caught destroying school property and was expelled. And now here's what's happening. They're suing the school because their son has feelings of unworthiness. And his self-worth has been damaged. So the parents are school, suing the school. Because of the son's destructive behavior. And that's where we are as a society. Because God forbid, my little junior, his self comes first. In another place, saying happy holidays and singing Christmas carols are banned. Because somebody might get their hurt feelings hurt and feel excluded. And so we banned it. They could, it could hurt their feelings. Mother's Day, sorry moms, we got to cancel it because some people don't have mothers and that would hurt people's here's feelings who don't have mothers so we can't thank the mothers who are here. This is happening folks, this is what happens in a society that pushes and promotes self and begins to cancel the culture and begins to change everything in the society because self comes first. You'll damage their self-esteem, you'll damage their self-worth, abandon kickball and dodgeball and other similar games because they promote competitiveness and you know what happens when you promote competitiveness, somebody wins. And somebody might get hurt and it might hurt their self. Amen. 
So what will fix the ills of society? you got to love them more. you gotta, you got to pour on more self. But researchers have come to determine this is not really working. And when they put it to the test, they're really finding out Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28 are right. Maybe this is not the good thing to do. So they decided to test the effectiveness of self-love and self-worth and self-esteem. And so first they measured how high school students thought what they thought about themselves academically. They decided we're not going to worry so much about grades. We're going to focus on what they feel about being a student. And we're going to make sure they feel good about being a student. So they just heap praise on them. You're a great student. I think I'm a great student. I'm a wonderful student. doesn't matter what the grade is. I'm a great student. And all of a sudden, they heap more of this on. I'm Mr. Wonderful. I'm Mr. Terrific. And the more highly the students thought of themselves and their supposed abilities they learned, the less ability they actually had. You're killing your kids with all this self-mess. Washington, D.C., they got it together there, right? They ranked number one in the whole U.S. in the school system for self-esteem. So surely it worked. Well, listen what they found out in the study. They, 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 they came to find out that they came in second to last in academic performance. The more we told them how wonderful they were falsely, the more we elevated them, the more we built them up and didn't, didn't, didn't make them earn the grade or, or, or help them to do that, then, then the worse they became. It produced uh, uh, self-deluded kids is all it produced. Depressed, sad, self-deluded people. And all the positive thinking is not going to do anything to alleviate the culture or to motivate people to better lives. It's just not going to do it. Only truth is going to do it. Amen? Amen? And it's a religion. Because listen, you ha- it takes faith to believe that. It takes faith to make people believe in this lie. It takes faith for them to believe it. So it's actually become a, a, a religion. And what religion is it? Satanism. When Romans 3 says there is no one good, no, not one. Right? Is that not what your Bible says? Is that not what, Brother David, is the first step to you getting saved is an awareness of your own failure, sin, and depravity that makes you run to God? The first step to getting saved is to acknowledge that God is holy. I am not. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will save me? Oh, thanks be unto God. In Christ Jesus, I can find salvation. You know, it's like the guy who's looking down on the other in Luke 18. See, all we're doing is producing a lot of good Pharisees. Hmm. At least I'm not as bad as that guy right there. And at least I'm not as bad as her. And at least I'm not as bad as you. And the other guy is standing over there smiting his breath, saying, oh God, help me. I know I'm a sinner. I know I fall short. But would you please have mercy on me? But no, we put gas on the sin nature. 
We throw fire onto the sin, onto the sin nature. Another couple of more examples. Here's what we have in our world today. Get this. A wife, these are people that I heard of a pastor that actually, these are real examples. A wife refused to reconcile to her husband because of her need to love herself first. In her pursuit, I'm unhappy in my marriage. And it's about me. You're right, doggone right, girl. It's about you. God doesn't want you staying in a loveless marriage. And so, so, so we fed into this, this stuff that uh, I've just got to be happy and I've just got to be all these things. And so in her p- pursuit of loving self first to commit adultery is what this woman went out and did and was doing because she refused. Uh, she was convinced there, uh, of her sin, which we don't call sin anymore, that she has to love herself first at all costs. A husband left his wife because he was too unhappy and he chose to go out and find another woman that could make his life more meaningful and provide him with happiness. Because that's what it's about, Pastor. And it's always so sanctimonious and holy. It's always right up there, just, a, just a, they're holy for doing this. A marriage was on the rocks because it had serious problems. A wife wanted to leave her husband. You know why? True story. She wanted to go to Hawaii and the husband wouldn't go to Hawaii with her. This is what pastors are dealing with in their churches where we've sowed to a society about self. And it's just sick. And it's following Satan's gospel of self-interest. Self-interest. Self-everything. The first law of Satanism it was what? Do what thou shalt wilt shall be the whole of the law. And here's the second law in Satanism. Self-awareness law. Did you catch the word? Self-awareness law is the second law in Satanism. And here's what it says. Man is divine within. Life's purpose is to realize the divine within. When this is achieved, you now recognize you are God. That's from the Satanic Bible. Anton Zandor Levey. That's what it is. It's the lie that was in the garden. Not only you get to decide what is good and what is evil, but you get to be like God Himself. And it's the very foundation and the belief of Satanism that if you live for self with all costs, then that is a good thing. I can do what I want and I can engage in any activity. Listen to what Gnosis said. This is like a, a magazine that you don't want to need to be reading. And here's what it said. If there is anything horrifying in, it, in, in its teaching, Satanism, it's that these are the principles by which most people live most of the time, usually without admitting it, even to themselves. Satanists themselves say, when you practice this behavior, you're just following their leader and their father, Satan. So why is it so easy for us to do that? Because there's a piece of the sin nature that's in all of us that wants that. Right? 
Come on, there's this war going on inside. There's this peace inside of us that wants to do that. And, and, and we've even twisted it now in the church. Let me go to the church, and then I'll leave you with how do, we, how do we become fulfilled then? If we don't become fulfilled in self, then how do we become? How can I be happy? How can I find joy? How can I be satisfied and pleased? And I'll show you that in just a few minutes. But let me give you some sick scriptures that probably I've even done and probably we've done in, 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 to, a, to a fault. And I know it's been done in a lot. Of churches, but but it needs to stop. Let, let me go you, with you how this has crept into the church now, this self, because he said, not only is it a picture in the last days that this, when you start to worship and love self, the society's going to spin into destructive path and into these things, but he says in the last days, it's also going to find its way into the church, and the church is going to become self-centered, and they're going to start bringing preachers in to tell them what their itching ears want to hear. Like Joel Osteen. Right? I mean, it's about you and your happiness. It's about your best life now. I'm not worried about your best life now. I'm worried about you standing before the judgment seat one day naked in front of God. Let me give you a couple of scriptures where they use to promote self-love in the church. Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Jesus said unto them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so everybody comes in and says, they eat this up and they begin to twist the Scriptures because that's what Satan does. He loves to come in and he loves to twist the Scriptures. He'll use the Scriptures, but he'll love to twist them. So he finds people into the church that also love to twist the Scriptures and love to, to come in and do this. So here's what he began to do with this scripture and people bought it hook, line and sinker. By the way, there's only two commands there. There's not three commands. What are the two commands? Love the Lord your God. And then out of loving the Lord Lord your God, you can now have the power to love other people. There is no third commandment called love yourself. There's not three commandments there. There's two commandments there. And the Bible says that when we love God, now we have the capacity to love other people. And what people have done is said, well, you got to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, how can you love other people? And how can you love God? So do you see what they've done? They've taken self all the way up above commandment number one. Because it's about you. Right? And it's a lie. And it's wrong. You say, well, when somebody is hating, you you, got to do this because there are people just flat out out there that hate themselves. Hear me very carefully. And I'm very sensitive to people. Trust me, I have them in my family who go through situations and that sort of thing. But can I tell you in the most ginger way that when somebody is hating themselves, what is really happening is they really are loving themselves. Martin Bomb- Bombing's book called The Prophets of Psycho Heresy, he said this, 
We are not saying that there are no individuals who genuinely think that they hate themselves. However, what they genuinely hate is something about themselves and their circumstance. They actually exhibit actual love for themselves in that they continue to spend most of the time concerned about themselves. Even if it is with their own unhappy thoughts. They genuinely get to the point where they are unhappy about themselves because of a discrepancy that exists between their aspirations and their desires and their performance or their condition. This intensive hate is evidence, quote, of high self-interest. No matter how you slice it, it's still self. You love yourself first and when things don't go your way, you go ballistic and you are just inflamed with self. Self-love, self-respect, self-esteem, self-worth. And Jesus died that that lie would be broken. And there's a lie even now in the church that says Jesus died on the cross because you're so worthy. When in Romans 3 it calls this, it has a whole doctrine on, on total depravity. That we've fallen short of the glory of God. That the wage of sin is death for self. That, that I deserve to die and go to hell. That there is no worth in me. Paul says, O wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be unto Christ, unto God through Christ Jesus. What we acknowledge our wretched, wretchedness and what our sin deserves is the first step in getting saved. That's what we do. That's how we get, we get saved. Another scripture that they twist is... Is found right here in Matthew 10. And I've done this as well. It's not about your worth. Uh, this passage I come to realize. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs on your head are numbered. Do, you, do not fear therefore. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Alright get your calculators out math magicians. It's not going to take much. Two sparrows are sold for how much? One penny. Two sparrows, one penny. So let's say you're feeling real good about yourself, and I'm going to give you 500 sparrows today, Terry, because you're feeling real good about yourself. You winked at yourself in the mirror, and you've done a lot of good things today, right? So your value, my brother, is worth 500 sparrows. Guess how much that is? $2.50. Congratulations. My sweet wife, it's Mother's Day. I'm going to give her a thousand sparrows. That's five bucks. It's not about your worth. It's about the greatness of God and His providential care for you. He takes good care of you. Why do we always twist this thing to us when it's about His greatness? He takes such good care of you who are like little sparrows. He loves you. He cares for you. It's about His providence and His providential care that not one of you who may just be worth about two fifty or 5 bucks, not one of us falls to the ground without your Father's great love noticing you and even numbering the very head on your hair. He is a great, awesome, loving God. He's great. And 
and that's what the law was about. The law comes in and is instituted. Oh, there's only ten of them. We got this. They can't keep one of them. Man just constantly elevating himself. Give me, give me something to do, God. I can do it. Give me something to do. I can do it. Give me something to do. And so the covenants, that's what all the covenants were about with man. We can do this, God. So they added 613 more. They got so brilliant, they added a, a total of 613. They couldn't even do one. They couldn't even do ten. We'll show you, God. And it was totally Roman said to stop your mouth, present you guilty before God, and show you you can't, but He can. And that's what every covenant with man was about. You're going to fail. 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 But here, this last one, there's coming one, like Margaret said, out of the woman. There's coming a seed. He will not fail. So in closing, what does the Bible say about self? What does the Bible say about self? Let's go to the next. Ezekiel 20, 43. Lest I've hurt some of your feelings this morning. There you will remember your conduct and all the actions by which you have defiled yourselves. And you will loathe yourselves. And you will loathe yourselves for all the evil you have done. It's not so bad, son. Don't worry about stealing. It's not that bad. I don't want you to feel bad about yourself because we'll, we'll hurt your self-esteem and you might grow up and do worse things than stealing. What do you say? When you know your conduct and your actions, when I am merciful enough to tell you that, loathe yourselves for the evil you have done. Go to the next one. Ezekiel 30, because that's how you get saved. Not heaping more self on yourself. Recognizing what self-nature is and sin nature is. And coming to God and receiving a new nature born after the likeness and the image of God. Amen? Ezekiel 36. Then you will remember your evil ways and wicked deeds and you will loathe yourselves for your sins and your detestable practice. We can't even say the word sin in church anymore. It's all a disease. It's all we were born this way. Detestable practices. Some of the things you're doing are detestable in the sight of God. I want some of the things that I'm doing that are apart from His Word. I want you to know that I'm not doing this for your sake, declares the Sovereign Lord. Be ashamed. Man, wouldn't it be nice to blush over sin again in the house of God? Man, wouldn't it be nice to see people white-knuckling the, the chairs back there because their sin has just come up before them and they see how disgusting and wicked it is in, in the sight of a holy and righteous and omnipotent and omniscient and glorious God. Amen? Be ashamed and be disgraced for your conduct, people of Israel, people of America, people of Brookside. Go ahead to the next one. Job 42, Job got a little cocky with God and began to talk to God in a certain way. And God came back and kind of put him in, your, in his place. And here's what Job comes back with. Therefore, I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. The first step to coming to God is humility and repentance. 
Repent and believe the gospel. That came out of your Lord's mouth, not some yelling preacher in Brookside. 2 Corinthians 13. And I'm going to read the second one. Love is neither anxious to impress, nor does it cherish inflated ideas of its own importance. Go to the next one. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, love yourself before you love others. Boy, if we do this in church, maybe revival would break out. Value others above yourselves. Go to the next one. Romans 7, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me. Man, maybe we need to tell our children this. Maybe when they're selfish coming out of the womb and snatch the toy from somebody else, rather than, rather than, than telling them how great they are, and I'm not talking about telling them they're... But maybe we ought to tell them the truth at a certain age so they can get born again. For that nothing in me that is in my sinful nature... For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Verse 24, what a wretched man that I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Go to the next one. Matthew 16, then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must do what Anton LaVey says and do the will of yourself. Whoever wants to be my disciple... Maybe we need to stop giving altar calls so flippantly and saying, whoever wants to come, just come on down. Maybe we should say it's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you you. You're going to die. You're going to die if you come down here. You're going to die. But you're going to live with Christ. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Go to the next one. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. This is why I know it's crept into the church, and we're in the last days too. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather them around them, a great number of teachers, to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth, and they will turn aside to myths and to fables. They will just come around and turn from the true gospel of Jesus Christ, from any acknowledgement of sin, from any acknowledgement of self-depravity. They'll become a self-centered church. They'll gather themselves around preachers who tell them what, they're, what they want to hear, and if you don't do what I wanted you to do, Pastor, then we're out of here. Because if they can't change the church to becoming like themselves, then they can't stand it and they hit the door. Well, I got news for you. This church ain't for sale. And it ain't for self. It's going to be a place where Jesus Christ rules and reigns. Amen? Well, you better have the music I want. Well, you better have the program I want. Well, you better have the Well, I can't believe you let that guy speak. Well, and it's all about self now. And if you're here at this church for self, you won't like it. 
So, if value doesn't lie in self, where does value lie? It's not a trick question. Jesus. If value doesn't lie in yourself, then where does it lie? In Jesus. I'm his beloved. I'm his child. I am an ambassador for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I am blameless. I am spotless. I am without blemish. I am considered a beautiful bride. I'm born again. I belong to God. I cannot be separated. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm dearly loved. I'm delivered. I've got direct access, access to the throne of grace. I'm dead to sin. I'm a friend of Jesus. I've been forgiven by Jesus. I've been established and sealed by God. Do you see the difference? My value you lies in the fact that I'm His. I am His and He is mine. Amen. And so I close with Luke 7, 36 through 50. And you remember the story? It's a woman there. I don't even know what time. I hope I haven't kept off. 12.02. we got a few minutes. i got a gift for y'all. Don't leave. You'll get out to Mother's Day lunch and all the restaurants will be empty. (laughs) Listen to what Luke 7 says. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and he sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flax and fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him, Weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisees, those in society who've been told all about self, came in the room, forgot what they were who had invited him, saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known at what manner this woman it is who he's touching, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to her, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and another 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Hmm. Maybe... Because we've inflated self-love so much, we're like Simon. And we've forgotten just how much he forgave us from. And now we don't love him like we should love him. If we would all come back to that level ground at the cross. If we would all come back to Romans 3. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous in this room. No, not one. And you know what? If we would all believe that, our love for Him would be the same. Because we would all recognize we've all been forgiven much. Hallelujah. Father, we love You. We thank You, God, for Your love. God, we thank You, God. We've all been guilty of this and the altar should be full because or in the seat where they are. We all should be saying, dear God, if we've grown up in this society right now, we've watched it on television, 
We've had it in our entertainment. We've had it in, our, in, 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 in everything now, God. In our churches. We try to twist things and bring them around to us. Making ourselves feel better. God, and we've bought into this destructive, destructive heresy. And God, we need to come back to a place where we would deny ourselves. We take up our cross and we follow you. Back to a place where we're willing to lose our lives. 1994, my life, it wasn't worth having. It was easy to lose it because it wasn't worth having. Jesus, you can have this. Are you serious? Would you still have this? All who come to me, I will in no wise cast out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The ills of society will not be fixed with more self-love, self-esteem, self-worth. Telling people how great they are. It will be when you come to the end of yourself and you realize how great He is. If you want to think much of something now, you would do what the Scriptures say and exalt Him. And you'll never be so happy in all of your life. The happiest people I see in all of society are the people who make much of God. Who exalt Him. I exalt Thee. I exalt Thee. I exalt Thee, O Lord. We don't sing, I exalt me. I exalt me. I exalt my children. You're so beautiful and precious. We exalt Him. I want to make much of you, Jesus. Are you right? If you will begin to exalt Him, I promise you'll never, never be the same. And you'll have so much joy and, and, and life and peace. Revelation 20, 22. Let me tell you where the self-life ends. Let me tell you where the self-life ends. The self began in Isaiah 14. It began with Satan. I will. I will, Tom. I will. I'll be like you, God. I want to become you. I'll exalt myself over you. My will over you. I'll do what I want to do. And guess where? You can follow that all the way down to Revelation 22 and you'll find out, or Revelation 20, and you'll find out that he's cast into the lake of fire. That's where pride ends. That's where the exaltation of self. And that's where the rest of people who never humble themselves before God. The Bible says that Jesus, even though he, was, he, he, he should have been uh, at that step, he humbled himself. And became obedient even to the death on the cross. And now God, because he humbled himself, has exalted him to a place high above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every, every tongue uh, will confess that he's Lord. And so, so here's the deal. If you want to follow Satan all the way to the end with self, let me tell you where you end up. And the dead were judged according to what? Your works. I'm worth. I'm under sparrows, God. Let me in. My mama said I had great self-esteem. And they were judged according to their works. I'm so wonderful. I'm a great student. I'm a good academic. Even though my grades say otherwise. And the dead were judged according to their works. 
And they were thrown into the lake of the fire because their name was not found in the book of life. There's one way to the Father, and it's through the Son. I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus, I loathe the person I have become. Jesus, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. Jesus, I've come short of your glory. I've broken your laws and commandments too many times to number. I have broken and transgressed your law. Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, you lived it perfectly. Jesus, you never transgressed your, the law once. Jesus, you never did not love your Father with all your heart, soul, mind, your strength. Never, not one time you always loved Him. You did it perfectly. Never, not one time did you ever not love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus, I've done it a thousand million times. Have mercy on me. Write my name in the book of life. Okay. And now when I stand before God, not on my works, my righteousness is a filthy rags. And I stand naked before Him. Ask Him. Ask Him. My name's in there. Ask Him. Ask, G, ask the one with nail-scarred hands. I met Him in 94. I gave Him my life. I lost my life to gain His life. And He gave me His righteousness. And He gave me His truth. And He gave me and He gave me a new heart. And He gave me a new mind and a new spirit. I'm done. I could preach a hundred million years. But moms would be mad at me. And it would be about self. So Father, we love You. We thank You, God, for Your Word. I know this was not traditional Mother's Day. But God, I don't know how many more Mother's Day we have. The hour's late. And we've got a society who's hell-bent on destroying itself because it's believed the first law of Satanism, do what thou wilt, is the whole of the law. And Father, we repent of living for us. We repent of living for ourselves in the church. We repent of living for ourselves in our homes. We repent of living for ourselves in our families. We repent, God, of these things, Father, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we want to know how your love. So Lord, if there's one person here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior and Messiah, then, Lord, let them open their heart up to you and acknowledge that we've come short and we want you. As many as receive you, to them you gave them power to become the sons of God. So, Lord, with the mouth, with the heart we believe and with the mouth we confess that you are Lord. And so, Jesus, I open my mouth and I say, come into my heart. I receive you. I receive you into my life. Change me. Lord, we love you. We give you the praise. We give you the honor. If you need prayer. You want to spend time with Jesus. If you want to renounce the self-life, which we're all guilty of, I'm repenting of it today. I have loved myself too much, God, and I want to take that off the throne. I've bought into this lie in our society. If that's you, come. Hallelujah.